0: This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hi, I am your host, Erica Polsinelli, and welcome to Evolve by Erica, the podcast where we talk all things spirituality, ascension, health, wellness, and beyond. I am so excited that you are here. Come on in. Hello, guys. I am so thrilled. have Alice Bell here on the podcast. So if you haven't listened, she was on once before. We did it through a Zoom-like setup and finally we were able to meet in person. We've been in contact since I think 2020 and she's one of my go-to astrologers. Um, She's so knowledgeable. She is just so connected to the science of astrology and really breaks down such a abstract and what can be challenging topic into something so tangible and understandable and I feel if I do say so myself, I feel like I asked her a lot of questions to break things down that you may hear some astrologers or readings speak of, like the houses and the planets. And I really wanted you guys to walk away, and I wanted myself to walk away, understanding and knowing the meaning of each house, the meaning of each planet, what that brings, the meaning of your sun, moon, and rising. So I wasn't afraid to stop her and ask what I thought were probably elementary or basic questions um, because I really want you, if you are trying to learn about astrology or want to learn more I'm hoping that this will be a great foundation I have to say Alice was so generous in all that she offered I feel like what she offered here could just be a course for someone to purchase like she was extremely generous and shared so much so I hope you enjoy the episode and you can follow Alice at stock Alice on Instagram she has so many offerings so enjoy the show I am so excited to be here in person with Alice, who I feel like, I mean, I feel like I know you. I obviously follow you. We talk all the time through DMs. We've done things together before. Yeah. And we have a podcast. So if you haven't listened to our first podcast together, definitely go and check that out. Alice also has a podcast of her own where she talks about astrology there. Yes. Didn't you just write a book? Or are you in the process? My
1: book is coming out June 1st. Oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah. First of all, thank you for having me back, though. I'm I'm so so excited to be here and meet you in person for the first time. I'm so excited too. Um, But yeah, yeah. Like you were mentioning, I have my podcast. It's called Astrology and You. And my first book, Trust Your Timing, is coming out June 1st.
0: So exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Did you plan the creation of your book around what's happening in the stars in the sky?
1: Like, did I plan to write a book when it said it was right for me to write a book?
0: Did you use your chart at all to guide you in that professional process?
1: Yeah, like i i guess i had been approached to write a book like a few years back um like in 2019 2020 and it didn't end up working out because the stars were not aligned in my chart Mm -hmm. like activating those houses of publishing and writing for me um so when it the opportunity arose again in mid 2021 going into 2022 Um, the book got sold to publishers in 2022 that was when I saw yes this is actually going to work out this time because the ninth house which is the house associated with education writing publishing was being activated in my chart how do you know it's activated that is by looking at transits to your birth chart so you can find that on like websites like astro.com astroseek so cool yeah
0: what I love and what I've learned to love so much about astrology is well the reading that you gave me a few yeah. years back. I mean, maybe it was um, last year, or the year before, but it was incredible to see how specific it was to each month mm-hmm. and the things that would happen based off of how the planets and stars were aligned. And it helps to bring me, like, I don't want to plan my life according to what my horoscope says. But what it does help me to do is it helps me to plan. It helps me to have more awareness and to understand that there are seasons for everything in our life. Mm -hmm. And it allows us to release resistance and be able to flow more.
1: Yeah, it's brought me so much inner peace knowing that there's a timing for everything. Like that's where the title of my book, Trust Your Timing, comes from. Um, It's not so much like I always tell people don't fixate on the dates in the future and when something might happen to you, but more use it as a guide of like, I don't need to be obsessed with my career not going the way I want right now because it will happen eventually when everything's lined up for that. That's yeah. just one example.
0: It's so true. Yeah. And I think critics of astrology would say like, oh, I'm not going to read my horoscope and just like wait for something to happen because I'll just be expecting it. But it's more what I found. I think the the strength and the beauty of astrology is truly taking that resistance away and finding that flow and that's what Mm -hmm. my whole journey's kind of been about and this is just like an added piece to it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you found that stuff I did for your reading back in 2021 that's come true? 100%. Oh my
0: God, I love yeah. that. And you kept saying also, like, you couldn't believe I was still at my job because you're like, no. I know, no, I was like, like leave. You're, you're like, you're ready for it. <laughs> and you saw my chart that that would happen and that it was almost like overdue. Yeah, And yeah. I knew that intuitively. Yeah, but yeah it was so interesting yeah we've been through
1: a lot together
0: like I love how you
1: said like I knew that intuitively because astrology is never showing you like random events that happen out of nowhere it's more like you already know in your gut that that change needs to happen or that might be coming up soon and astrology is reflecting that yeah yeah
0: so what would you like could you give us an idea of what maybe a theme of 2023 and Mm -hmm. anything that you think um we might see in the collective or any big dates or time periods that you Mm -hmm, think are standing mm -hmm. out
1: there's a lot going on in 2023 i don't know if there's like one coherent theme okay Um, But there's a few bigger transits that are happening, like most notably in March, Saturn is moving out of Aquarius, where it's been since March of 2020. It's moving into Pisces for the next three years until February 2026. So that will really bring like Pisces-like themes to like um, everyone's attention, Mm -hmm. like a worldwide. Um, If you look at your individual chart, you can see how that will affect you um, individually. But like for the collective, Pisces themes would be more of a focus on like mental health, spirituality, finding greater structure and like meaning in those things in your life. Um, So seeing how that becomes even more prominent, like I know things like astrology and spirituality have become big in the last five years, but I feel like things are about to be taken to the next level there I'm so excited I have yeah. full body chills so I'm like I'm yeah. ready I've been waiting <laughs> and then combine that with Pluto and Aquarius this that transit's going to be major like Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008 it's the slowest moving planet it takes like 250 years to move through all signs of the zodiac so the last time it moved into Aquarius was the late 1700s um And so that's huge. That's going to be a 20 year transit that we're just getting a sneak peek of in 2023. And so, if we think of Pluto moving into Aquarius, it's really like these huge themes related to technology, social media, how we connect and like form communities in our life, and how that might go through like a drastic change Mm. over the next 20 years. Like, maybe there's a bit of like a hint towards that in 2023, but it's really just setting the stage for like, the rest of the 2020s and the 2030s.
0: Wow. Yeah. And I think I mean AI is like out of control right now and I don't even exactly. think this is the start, yeah. which is scary.
1: AI is going to probably become huge um and then like all that stuff going on with Twitter, like how there's power struggles going on there with certain social media platforms or like how people are saying, "Oh my god, Instagram's dead now" or these bans on TikTok. It's like How is that going to evolve once Pluto goes into Aquarius? Like, what type of rules and regulations? Because Pluto can be about like power struggles sometimes. Okay. Will be on social media and technology.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So, that's something that you're projecting will play out in the next 20 years, you're saying?
1: Yeah. You might see like themes immediately go into effect um, Mm. from March to July of this year when Pluto dips into Aquarius, but it doesn't fully get into that sign until. 2024 the end of 2024 actually so it's a definitely a longer theme
0: okay so jupiter is moving out of aquarius into pisces no saturn's
1: moving out of aquarius into pisces pluto's Pluto's moving out of capricorn into aquarius okay jupiter is currently in aries until may and then it'll move into taurus for the rest of the year so jupiter was mostly in pisces in 2022 it did go into aries in the summer so it is like themes that were prominent from you, for you from about June until October of 2022 are coming back for a final push from January till May of 2023. And Jupiter in Aries is a lot about um, having greater independence in your life, just like acting on your desires kind of in the moment, less planning and procrastination. It's more like, why don't I just get out and do this? It's I love very that. Like, yeah, very much like an action-oriented energy. And then Jupiter going to Taurus from May and May twenty twenty three until May of twenty twenty four, and that I kind of expect a lot of growth, like financially, maybe or with like food innovations, also like creative, like tangible things you like make with your hands and like um, I don't know. I expect like artistic innovations to go on.
0: So you see it as a positive thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because Jupiter usually does, from what I understand, it's very expansive. Yeah. And usually like abundance. Exactly. It brings
1: abundance to like whatever sign it's going through and part of your chart as well. Um, So like when it was in Pisces, it was like a lot about, I don't know, emotions almost felt overwhelming in 2022 for a lot of people I know. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also the rise of continual rise of spirituality. And then Saturn, like I said, is going into that sign too, just continuing that Pisces theme
0: so interesting
1: yeah it's a lot of moving parts it can get kind of complicated like looking at all these parts at once
0: totally and it makes me i you know that i was an elementary school teacher before this and i when i listen to your podcast i literally write notes down (laughs) so i listened to your podcast about the houses and Mm -hmm. i wrote down like a whole note in my phone about which like what associated um energy or theme mm-hmm. is associated with each house, so yeah, I have it. Yeah. And I want the seam for the planets. Can we like quickly go through that?
1: Yeah, like what each planet yes. symbolizes. Like, yes. Okay, yeah. So I guess we'll start. I'm with such the a sun. nerd, but I love all of this. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with the sun. So the sun really represents like your core identity, your sense of self. Like what part of your identity you're continuing, you're continuing to develop over the course of your life. Like you're always growing into that sun sign. Mm. And then the moon is really like your innermost self, how you process your emotions. kind of like your family background growing up, like your relationship to your family, like how you perceived that, um, and also emotions you like revert back to in the heat of the moment. So sometimes the moon sign needs a bit of like attention because it's like, okay, these childhood patterns may need to be reworked in some capacity. Um, And then Mercury is how you communicate, how you like process information, what you're even interested in talking and learning about. Um, Venus is like how you relate to other people, what you find attractive, like both in people. And then also what, like, what clothing do you like to buy? What's like your aesthetic, um, and also how do you handle money? And then Mars is how you like act on your desires, what motivates you, what like drives you, what you want to put energy into also like your style of getting angry and upset with people. Are you more confrontational? Or are you like a little passive aggressive? Um, and then also like what turns you on like sexually is definitely represented by mars um and then we move on so those are all like the inner planets they move very quickly so they're very personal to you in your chart and then from here on out the next planets i'm about to talk about um or are more representative of like generations so jupiter takes a year to go through a sign so everyone like in the year you were born is going to have the same Jupiter sign as you. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. So
1: Jupiter represents like higher education, travel, foreign, um, yeah, foreign travel, foreign cultures, also areas like writing and publishing and sharing knowledge. Um, And then Saturn takes about three years to move through a sign. So again, like same age group will share same Saturn sign. Saturn's a lot about like putting in hard work, knowing like where you're kind of met with limitations and how to work with that um and it's not everyone's favorite planet because it tends to bring like stress to wherever it's located in your chart or just like repeated hard lessons that you have to learn how to master over the course of your life um and then we get into like the most slowly moving planets so uranus spends um eight years in a sign um and it represents Kind of like abrupt change Mm -hmm. and instability in some cases it's not always good or bad change it's just like you can never expect you can never yeah uranus is just like unexpected change basically um and then neptune has a lot to do with like spirituality creativity but can also represent like where boundaries are a bit blurred or where you may be I don't know, have a hard time like asserting yourself and standing up for yourself. Like you allow other people to kind of like cross boundaries in that part of your life. Or there's a bit of like haziness and confusion there. Interesting. Yeah. And then the last one's Pluto. um, And that represents, I mentioned like power struggles, a lot of like deeper inner transformation and really having to like look at the shadow side of yourself um, and kind of like dig up these like buried repressed habits and feelings and like transform them.
0: I've heard that our country is actually in its. Pluto, Pluto return, return. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. Because um, I mentioned like Pluto takes 250 years. So that's like a rough estimate to go through all the signs. So when the US was um, formed as a country, Pluto was in Capricorn, those last degrees of Capricorn. And it's taken from the late 1700s until now for it to return back to that same degree of Capricorn.
0: Wow. Yeah. Which is hopefully symbolic of just a new structure and newness and hopefully great change. But I don't know. What do you think? I think we've
1: already seen like a lot of like um, disruption going on in the U.S. and kind of like chaos the last few years with that Pluto return in effect. I am a little nervous for the Uranus return, in the, which is that is when Uranus moves into Gemini in 2025, 2026 for eight okay. years, and that historically has marked periods where there's like a lot of kind of change going on in the US. So, the first time the Uranus return took place was the Civil War, the second time was World War II.
0: Okay,
1: I don't want to like scare anyone, but like, Honestly, I wanted to ask yeah. you that
0: specific question because. It's been something on my mind. Like we see what's going on in our world yeah. and it's scary. And yeah. it's not something I typically talk about or focus on. But in this context, I, I'm i interested in knowing how it lines up because I think it helps us to understands like mm-hmm. that this all has a bigger meaning than what mm-hmm. we're seeing in the here and now yeah, yeah. and that it's literally written in the stars and mm-hmm. it, it helps to promote i think a sense of surrender like yeah, this is yeah. part of the divine plan for whatever reason exactly.
1: like you were born at a specific time period to witness these yeah. types of transits yeah, yeah. so that's 2025
0: 2026
1: yeah i think we'll start to feel that as early as 2025 but like that will last until the early 2030s like an eight-year period wow yeah Wow. Yeah, I'm definitely nervous, but I don't want to like freak anyone out like doomsday. But, you know, like I don't want to pretend everything's going to be happy. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And I also think that in this day and age, war or something like that that we've seen in the past can look very different today. It doesn't mean it has to look the same way it has in the past. It could just be a lot A lot of people um believing something or acting a certain way on one side versus another Mm -hmm. side and it may not play out in the way that it has in the past
1: yeah just basically like country maybe needing to reorganize itself like the way things have been going clearly are not working anymore
0: Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Okay. So coming back to this year. And thank you. Thank you for like the cheat sheet of the planets. And I'm I'm literally gonna go back and listen to this episode yeah. and write these out. Because as I listen to other astrologers, this helps me and you, of course. Mm-hmm. Like as I listen and pick up things in astrology or read blogs in astrology, I wanna be able to understand like what mm-hmm. each of those things mean yeah. if they're not stopping and breaking it down. And I feel like yeah. the cliff notes is important to yeah. have in your back pocket as you become a student. Of this as well,
1: definitely. Um,
0: for myself at least. So for this year, I know there's eclipses coming up. Actually, in yeah. my sun sign. So, oh yeah, because you're know. Libra. Yes.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So the eclipses, the solar and lunar eclipses, take place in a pair of signs for about a two-year period. So they've been in Scorpio and Taurus for two years. Um, The first Taurus lunar eclipse was in November 2021. Oh, yes. That's right. Okay. So the first, yeah, the first Taurus lunar eclipse was in November 2021. The final one will be in November 2023 this year. So we're kind of closing out those eclipses in Taurus Scorpio. If that is like a huge part of your chart, like your sun moon rising, maybe you've gone through more major life changes than other people have, like moving to a different state or like having this big career realization or getting married, like something huge. Um, so it no. was so spot on for me this year. <laughs> the
0: house that Scorpio is in, yeah.
1: it was so clear. Well, like, as a Leo rising, Taurus is your 10th, Scorpio is your 4th. So it would have been like big changes with career and big changes at home yep. or with family. Mm-hmm. You've noticed both of those? Both. Yeah, both. same like and both required
0: a lot of my attention this
1: year mm-hmm. yeah yeah so now they're shifting into Aries. is that done yeah <laughs> okay, yeah good. well no it's not done yet it's like final chapter like you're used to that energy though um there'll yeah. be a final Scorpio eclipse in May and then the final Taurus one in November and then that cycle's done for nine years okay um yeah it'll return nine years from now and then They shift into Aries Libra. They kind of start, the eclipses start to shift into those two signs because they move backwards through the signs like Taurus to Aries, Scorpio to Libra. Um, The first Aries solar eclipse will be in April. I think it's April 19th. And then the first Libra solar eclipse will be in mid-October.
0: April 19th is my half birthday.
1: Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if
0: the other one is going to be on October 19th does it it's, usually work that way no no it doesn't okay. work that way
1: it's like it's whenever then a solar eclipse is like a new moon gotcha. just conjoined with the north and south nodes so it's like where, whenever that new moon in Libra season is taking place I can't like I think it might be around the what is it the 10th I, I, I was feel like it's around the eleventh. I think it's, I think around it's the, the 11th, 11th yeah yeah
0: okay and what themes are we seeing with Libra and Aries. Um,
1: So Aries and Libra are both like Aries is about independence, taking action, being like your own person, while Libra is a lot about partnership, compromise, like learning to work better and communicate more effectively with people around you. Love that. So it's kind of like striking a balance between those two. Like, how can I act on what I want while still being mindful of the people in my life? And this is definitely a lighter energy than Taurus Scorpio. Like, Scorpio is really (laughs) deep. Um, And so I feel like a lot of people have had like these really tough emotions coming up, or questions surrounding security and money, and like, how do I feel safe? And now it's more of a lighthearted energy, I feel, as we shift into Aries Libra. It's more like social, like, what do I want?
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully that will bring um, helping a lot of people to become more clear Mm -hmm. in this time. No matter where they are in their life, just becoming more clear and hopefully more of like an advocate and being able to use your voice. Because I feel like that's part of Libra. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Really being able to not be a people pleaser exactly. and be like, actually,
1: no. <laughs> Learn yeah, the word no. <laughs> Libra gets misunderstood a lot. I feel like people are like, oh, Libra is so indecisive. They're obsessed with relationships when really Libra is like seeing where there's imbalance in places and like wanting to achieve like peace and make sure yeah. everyone's being treated fairly.
0: Yeah. yeah. I resonate with that so deeply yeah. as my sun sign. Yeah. Just like keeping the peace that's it but as I've stepped into my career as and my dharma my truth doing this and teaching meditation and my podcast I resonate so much now with my rising sign Mm -hmm, Leo. yeah
1: yeah it's very much like about creativity like you always need to have something you're like putting your personality into like your I don't know your creative like baby almost
0: yeah, and it really activated. I feel like yeah. it really activated that part of my chart. Yeah, yeah. So quickly, can you just go over how everyone has their, I mean, we have a lot of different signs associated with our chart, but the most, I think the most popular ones people talk about are the sun, moon, and rising. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about them?
1: Yeah, I talked about what the sun and moon mean, like how sun is your sense of self, moon, your emotions. Mm. Um, and then rising is determined like what your rising sign is, it's the sign that was on the Eastern horizon when you took your first breath of when you took your first breath of life. So exact birth time is like really important for rising signs. Um, but it's how you kind of like present yourself to the world, like what image you project as well as like the lens through which you approach the rest of your life. So like as a Leo rising, those themes of like creativity, inner child, like needing to put your personality into something that taints how you go about relationships work friendships like you always have that lens through which you're approaching situations
0: I love how you describe that I've also heard that it's kind of how other people view you as well
1: yeah that's one aspect of it yeah and
0: that like changed me like at first when I saw Leo I was like there's no way I'm a Leo and then I'm like (laughs) oh my god I'm such a Leo it's not funny
1: (laughs) also like how you dress is definitely determined by the rising sign like Yeah, like, what type of clothing you like, how you like to present yourself, basically.
0: So interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and then
0: going more into the nodes, can you share a little bit about those? I think that's, like, a little bit deeper, but we're ready for it. This is our second podcast episode together. <laughs> um, it's an area that I definitely want to learn more about, and I believe mine is in Virgo and Pisces. Could that make sense? Could that be?
1: Yeah, that would, are you born in the late 1980s? 88 yeah yeah because 89 i think they were leo aquarius so yeah that would definitely make sense um so the north node actually just to like preface it it's if you're looking at the nodes in your chart they're these like horseshoe symbols so the north node's like right side up horseshoe south nodes upside down one exactly opposite and the sign and house they're placed in in your chart is really indicative of like the south node is what skills you like already are good at, like what comes naturally to you. And the North node is more like what is a bit scary to you or makes you feel uncomfortable, but what you need to develop to feel more fulfilled.
0: Mm. So like
1: whenever someone's stuck or like doesn't really know what to do with their life, looking at the sign and house placement of your North node is so important because it's like you're going to feel the most fulfilled when you do those activities. So like Virgo, okay, I think your North node is Virgo. Mm-hmm. Is it or is it North node Pisces? You know off the top of your I head, I feel like the
0: one that feels more um, natural to me would be Pisces, and the one that I need to work towards is Virgo. Okay. If I had to guess, but I, I actually don't know.
1: think based on the year you were born, it's North Node Pisces, okay? Because I was a few years later and it had moved backwards to Sagittarius, okay? Um, but yeah, Pisces is more so with Virgo and Pisces, those are both like service like signs that are very much about how can I, um like improve my inner self and also like be of service to other people so that makes so much sense like you're helping people with breath work um like with forming a community and like helping people dig deeper into like their inner selves that's very much like striking a balance between those two signs and also with the south node in virgo maybe maybe you already have a natural interest in things like physical health wellness nutrition and it's more about going like one step further like beyond those everyday like mundane tasks like how can I eat better or like stress over these details and more how can I open myself up to more spirituality and like things like meditation and giving back to people
0: so does that mean like Pisces complements Virgo and Virgo needs yeah. to work more towards like that psychic element and spiritual yeah. elements?
1: It's always like with the nodes, they're always in the signs opposite to one another. So you're always trying to find a balance between those two signs. Yeah. Yeah,
0: because Virgo is like very earth energy. Yeah, it's very Pisces practical.
1: Is, yeah. yeah. So if you had Pisces South Node, Virgo, North Node, maybe you wouldn't be so like good with taking care of your body and that would need be something you needed to develop more. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah.
0: Wow. So I also think I heard that we have an extra Mercury retrograde this year. Typically, there's like two, but there's three, or typically Typically there's there's three, and there's four? Yeah,
1: typically there's three. This year, there's four. It just depends on what sign Mercury retrograde is happening in. And because it's happening like at that start of the year, so it happened in Capricorn in January a few weeks ago, And then it happens in Taurus and then Virgo. And then it's starting to shift out of Capricorn back into Sagittarius as we get into 2024. So the last retrograde of the year will be part Capricorn, part Sagittarius. And then it fully shifts into the fire signs going into 2024. So Sagittarius as the December 1 of 2023 and then Aries, Leo, Sagittarius again next year.
0: I really noticed that there's like always an Instagram or like a huge glitch that happens during one of them.
1: Yeah, there's always some technology that goes down.
0: And yesterday, I was having the weirdest situation with my stories. Things were getting deleted. And I'm like, this feels like a Mercury retrograde glitch. But it wasn't. Really? It was, the, And other people were it's, DMing me saying they were experiencing that mm-hmm. too. And that's so typical of what I've mm-hmm. noticed during Mercury retrograde. Just something very random mm-hmm. and odd that's happening with technology.
1: Similar Mercury retrograde energy would be like when planets connect with Neptune. Like I said, like Neptune causes things to be like very confusing or yeah. like... Releases like the structure surrounding things, and the moon was opposite in Neptune yesterday. Oh, so maybe that's why there was like some confusion with what it, I can't get a grasp on these details and that type of stuff.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And this year, Mercury retrograde was in the beginning of the year when everyone yeah. was like starting like the new year exactly. off, but that was like yeah. not new year energy no, at wasn't. all.
1: And there was the Mars retrograde going yes. on until January 12th and then the Mercury retrograde lasted till the 18th. So, yeah, really slow start to 2023.
0: <laughs> really slow yeah. start. And that's okay. Like yeah. that's yeah. that's also where I think it's kind of like that internal acceptance where if you weren't feeling so chipper and excited to start the new year off, it's like oh wow this makes sense because of the alignment in this guy and how right now i'm actually supposed to be resting and still reflecting even though the calendar year is telling me (laughs) otherwise it's still time to reflect Mm
1: -hmm. yeah exactly next year the mercury retrograde will end on january 1st which is really nice because it's like oh my god it's over like let's go you really
0: feel that yeah like you really really feel the Mm -hmm. shift yeah that's it's it's really powerful as we um you know become more intuitive and just pay attention to that so we've spoken about this. I feel like we actually did a whole event around this mm-hmm. around like the Age of Aquarius and that energy. Yeah, yeah. So what I I know from Kundalini that we're we're in entering like we don't really know the dates of mm-hmm. the Age of Aquarius yeah. because when you're in it you don't know when it actually begins when it actually ends. It's more like tracking those patterns later and zooming out. But is there something this year that's showing movement towards that Mm -hmm. collective state and consciousness and elevation? I guess what you said about Pisces sounds very spot on with that.
1: Well, when we did that event about age of Aquarius in January 2021, that was about Jupiter and Saturn moving into Aquarius. Um, So both of those two planets met up in Aquarius for all of 2021 and now Pluto is moving into Aquarius in March of 2023, so that is almost more major than Jupiter and Saturn in really? Aquarius because it's 20 years versus just three years for Saturn, one year for Jupiter. So I feel like almost like everyone was so hyped up about Age of Aquarius in 2021 when they should be, I guess, more hyped up up about that type of energy this year.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah. I wonder what led to that. It was like a por- wasn't it like the 12121 portal or something like that?
1: Yeah, it was. um Twelve twenty one. It was end of December two thousand twenty. Yes, yes, yeah.
0: I remember that, and there was so much hype online.
1: Yeah, they met up at like zero degrees of Aquarius, so I also think that like oh zero degrees, that was kind of hyped.
0: Speaking about the degrees, is there like a quickie understanding of like the energy being more potent at one degree than the other? Mm -hmm. Like what what is important to note when looking at that?
1: I don't. Typically, like in my practice, I don't study degrees that in depth. So I don't know if I can give the best answer on this, but there are 30 degrees in each sign. And there are some degrees that are stronger than others, like zero degrees of cardinal signs, like Aries, Cancer, um, Capricorn, and Libra. Like those are really important because they also mark like the winter solstice, like the summer solstice, the fall equinox, that type of huge event going on. Okay. Um, And it's called like the Aries point in astrology. So that's really the main one I focus on. Um, I know there are like certain decans of each sign, which is like the first third of a sign. Those degrees may mean something different than like the middle and the last.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, because I've heard of that before, but I'm like just exploring deeper and trying to learn like as i go but that's beyond me like i'm not really sure what's going on with the degrees i
1: think rather than like worry about all the different meanings of every single degree it's more like where are what degrees are the planets located in in my chart so if you're looking at your birth chart it's like your son is what what day of libra season are you born on
0: october 19th
1: so your son i think is at um 19 or around 20 degrees of libra yeah It would be like the later degrees of Libra, because it's so late in the season. Actually, sorry, it might actually be at like 29. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because it starts, I think, mid-September, or end of September. Yeah. And it goes to October. I'm on the cusp, I guess a oh, Libra Scorpio. I, yeah I guess yeah. I'm pretty I think like the 20 I know 25th is definitely Scorpio so I'm close to the end.
1: Yeah 22nd 23rd I think is when the seasons change so yeah you would be like a 28 degree Libra sun.
0: I actually saw like I love when it's Libra season looking up like Libra memes. Yeah. And this year I saw they're so funny because they're so relatable like there was this one about like playing out a song like I mm-hmm, guess that's mm-hmm. like a Libra thing because I don't know maybe it's like you find something you like and you just like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah for that one thing <laughs> yeah. but there was another one that specified like about late like October Libras
1: yeah those are like memes like it's just like people wanting, it, yeah it's okay. just people <laughs> wanting to hate like oh my god like September Libras are better than October. okay so there's yeah. like no meaning yeah, to that. I wouldn't put that much weight into that okay no. it's so interesting
0: <laughs> the other question I want to ask you is I've seen you post the astrology of your age.
1: Yeah, yeah. So how does that work? That's based on a technique called annual perfections, where every year of your life is associated with a specific house of your chart. This is a little more technical. Um, But if you're getting into prediction type astrology, this is probably the easiest entry point where like... um, when you're zero like your first year of life is a first house year and then because there's 12 houses in the chart that first house year repeats at age 12 age 24 age 36 so it like goes around the chart and so um like what what age are you 34. okay so this you just turned 34 in october yeah so this is an 11th house year for you so it's a lot about group community feeling the support of other people like growing an audience for your work like networking whereas like 33 was a 10th house year and that was a lot about like career change like didn't you change jobs right around your 33rd birthday Mm -hmm. so like figuring out like what is my long-term vision for work and making adjustments there so it's you kind of have to know the theme of every single house and knowing what age you are how that how the themes of that house will become prominent for a year-long period can we quickly go through the houses yeah (laughs) it won't be that quick but this is
0: literally like what alice is sharing here is really like intro and Mm -hmm. i it's gold like for me understanding these things Mm -hmm. makes something so complex so digestible Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah Okay, so first house is, like, where your rising sign's located. So it has a lot to do with what I said about the rising sign, like, how you present yourself, like, your sense of identity, Um, also your physical body is included in that, too, your style, um, how other people see you. Second house has to do with money um, and also, like, self-starting business, like, people that are entrepreneurs or, like, want more control over their working schedule often have a few second house planets it also has to do with like how you spend money um yeah anything to do with like finances third house is like everyday communication um and also like your immediate environment like your neighbors your community and your neighborhood um so interesting yeah practical information so kind of like quick quick information like a wikipedia page versus taking a course at a college like third house is very much like easy, accessible information, um, and how you communicate that to other people. Fourth house is ancestry. It's your home. I also look at it specifically as your relationship with your mom. Um, and fourth house has a lot to do. Like when that's activated, like moving, um, spending time with family, that type of thing. Fifth house is creativity, like inner child, self-confidence, self-worth also literal children and pregnancy fall into fifth house. Um, what
0: planet would be there or like moving through so
1: like when a lot of times when people get pregnant there are transits to the fifth house like an eclipse happens in the fifth house jupiter saturn moves through the fifth house Um, a full moon there maybe someone's getting pregnant that month interesting um, sixth house is work again, but it's more so like the mundane everyday tasks you do for other people, like picking up the slack for your coworkers, like having to take care of that little project that's kind of annoying you. Um, it also has to do with like physical health and like everyday habits and routine. Seventh house is committed relationships so like going back to the fifth that's more about that does have like romance and dating but seventh house is more like commitment and partnership so that can have to do with like your marriage partner um, or like your just someone you're dating right now but it could also do with like platonic relationships like a best friend a business partner too. Eighth house takes partnerships to the next level. So it's a lot about like shared resources and money you have with someone or like your partner's income. Then it also deals with like kind of more difficult topics like um, psychology, mental health, mortality, um, kind of all those taboo areas. You don't like openly discuss, but people with eighth house planets are are like, yeah, like you're obsessed with that type of stuff. Um, And then ninth house is education, but more like, going back to get a higher degree in college or being obsessed with like philosophy and like understanding the bigger meaning in life um also foreign travel and um yeah foreign travel education foreign languages writing publishing are all ninth house tenth house is career it's more like bigger picture career though like where six was about work second was about money tenth is like recognition and being like known for what you do at work or getting greater attention and responsibilities there it's like your life calling um 11th house is groups community um kind of your aspirations like your hopes and dreams for the future i say it's like the 11th house is like the luckiest house um just like good things come from that and then 12th is a lot about isolation again another mental health house where it's like what are my like self undoing patterns and how can I like work through that? It's like everything that's not easily seen to you. It's like you have to go deeper to figure that stuff out.
0: Wow. Okay. Thank you. For yeah, that. it's a lot. <laughs> it is. But once you, I think it's so important, like the listeners writing it down or putting it in your notes in your phone mm-hmm. and just having that with you so that, and knowing what planet. So looking at your birth chart, knowing what planet is in which house, because when an eclipse comes, you will have a quick, easy way to know how this may impact yeah. you. Yeah. I have a question. I don't know if you could answer this, but I know what I like about astrology is if I go to you or someone for a reading and in and maybe I'm thinking like, you know what? I really want to go deeper in my studies as mm-hmm, a Kundalini mm-hmm. teacher or as a breathwork teacher or whatever it may be. I'm feeling really guided to further education. Mm-hmm. But that going from a thought to actually into fruition, it takes a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. It takes perseverance. It takes dedication. And it's so easy to just not... Go and take action on that. Mm-hmm. But if I go to you for a reading and you're like, Erica, this year it's all about continuing your studies, like that helps me to know I have to take action on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So say I didn't. Say say someone didn't.
1: Mm-hmm, check in mm-hmm. with their astrologer. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, does that come back around where you finally get it? Do you do you choose a different life yeah. path at that moment if you don't tune into your chart?
1: Well, that's like what I was saying at the beginning. It's like astrology is already telling you what your intuition is yeah. telling you. Like you want to continue your studies because you're having ninth house transits right. right now. You wouldn't have that feeling of, I want to continue my education and learn more if other transits were happening and not ninth house. So you're getting that feeling because of what's happening to your chart. If you decided not to act on it, you were just like really interested in it or decided to like maybe do something on your own, not formally enroll in a course and save that till later, there like there will repeatedly be transits to the ninth house like Jupiter's there right now. Then the eclipses are there till 2025 and then Saturn comes in in 2026. So you're there's always these ninth house opportunities that come around every few years.
0: So it's not like you necessarily just miss it forever. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. When you say a transit in your house, Mm -hmm. how can someone that's listening find that out if they don't have an astrologer with them? Yeah.
1: So that is, you kind of have to know what the symbols are for each planet, but you're looking at a transit chart like on astro.com, astroseek.com, you're plugging in transit chart and it's showing where the planets currently are in the sky that's the transiting planet so where are they in february 2023 and where is that falling in relationship to your birth chart so like jupiter's in aries right now looking seeing that transit take place around your chart and knowing where is that aries house in my chart like okay is that my second house is that my 10th house is that my fourth house like and we might not activity. have Aries
0: in our chart, correct? No,
1: everyone has all twelve signs. Oh, So okay. even if you don't have a planet in Aries, like your Moon or Venus or whatever, you will still have a house ruled by Aries. So your ninth house is Aries as a Leo rising, whereas um, someone with a Pisces rising, Aries is their second house. So okay, it's, yeah.
0: So we always have a sign in our chart, but the planets. So aren't you have
1: all signs in your chart. Um, this it's like there's signs planets and houses so there's 12 houses every house is ruled by a sign and some houses and signs have planets placed into them yes. but not all of them that's what I was thinking when but you I said s- that about yeah, the signs yeah but you still have that house and sign in your chart even if planets aren't in them yes yeah. okay yeah
0: anything else that stands out for 2023 that you want to share
1: we won over yeah i would say eclipses jupiter saturn and pluto are like the huge things um another big event would be the venus retrograde in leo which takes place um end of july to early september okay how are we
0: gonna feel because i love the summer (laughs) like i like to feel good in the summer last summer Mm -hmm. I didn't feel so great until I think until Leo season like cancer season
1: was heavy that's because it's your 12th house oh so cancer season is always gonna be heavy and like
0: I'm so excited summer just started Mm -hmm. and like I want to feel so great it's my favorite season then I'm like up here's cancer season yeah
1: it's the worst oh Um, my goodness Venus retrograde is like it's it's very much like reflecting on your relationships like what patterns do I keep engaging in when dating or with my partner and like how can I change that aspect of myself oftentimes it'll bring up like um people from your past like an ex or an old friend in order to like resolve anything that went on there or get closure so it's a lot about kind of reflection and wanting to do things differently in your love life and also your social life okay yeah does that have to do with professional as well um, because Venus represents money. Sometimes it can be like, how can I reorganize my money or what is like making me the most money or like, like for people that work for ourselves, like you and me, we might feel it a bit more because it's okay. like paychecks aren't the same month to month, mm-hmm. but it's, it's kind of like what's most meaningful to me. How am I being valued and appreciated at work? It could have that element to it. And that's from July yeah, so end September. of July. I think it starts July twenty eighth, and in September like fifth. I'm I'm not sure if that's a hundred percent the dates, okay. but yeah.
0: Okay, around there. Yeah. You're doing such amazing things this summer. Aww. Like I'm literally watching your stories cheering for you. Oh,
1: thank like, you.
0: Like please share. Share all the things that yeah. you have planned. It's like incredible.
1: Okay, so my book's coming out June 1st, and then I'm doing an astrology-themed trip to Italy June 3rd through 10th. It. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um so I'm like leading a group of like 23, 24 people to Rome and then Umbria and then Tuscany for a week and I'm doing astrology workshops there.
0: Oh my, did you have these places that you've been excited to go and see or research?
1: Yeah, like for because I studied in Italy during high school and then I lived nearby in college. So that's always been like second home to me. Like, I love it there. I go back every year. And then I started to realize I was like, there's a lot of astrology, like art in references in Italy. And I was like, that is a dream to put together a trip and like show people these places and have astrology workshops And then this company reached out to me that organizes itineraries and stuff like that. And they were like, do you want to host a trip? And I was like, yeah, like that's a dream.
0: What in your chart allows you or helps (laughs) you be down for that adventure, be down for traveling somewhere that Mm -hmm. may be a little unknown? And because that's like Mm -hmm. huge. And I'm looking at you as like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited for her because that's something like, I would be scared and uncomfortable to do. Really? Yes. And I've been told it's because of where Scorpio is in my chart, just like wanting to be home a little bit more. I think maybe you told me that. We
1: have the same Scorpio placement, so that wouldn't be it. I mean, I do have my North Node in Sagittarius. So it's a lot about Sagittarius, like foreign travel, teaching, like spirituality, like all blending that together.
0: Wow. That's so exciting. And it sold out so quickly as I knew it would. Yeah. As soon as you posted it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be the trip of a lifetime for so many people yeah,
1: yeah.
0: and then you planned a second one didn't yeah you?
1: I launched today um Greece today yeah I oh my goodness. Today. it hasn't sold out yet so if you're listening and want to come you think <laughs> I hope get on um, it I really want to go to Greece so this one is planned for October 28th or sorry September 28th to October 4th wow. so if you want to come to Greece with me and learn astrology That's beautiful. And where are you visiting when you're in Greece? We're doing mainland, so starting in Athens, but then going a bit like south to these ancient ruin sites that I've like studied in art history, like huge like ancient amphitheaters and like citadels. Mm -hmm. I'm like so excited. It's amazing. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah.
0: There's so much excitement happening in your life. Tell (laughs) us a little bit about the book writing Mm -hmm. process.
1: Okay. It was Because I know
0: you are also British Vogue's astrologer as well. So you do that. You create horoscopes and you do Mm the astrology mm -hmm. for them. You have your own business. Mm -hmm. You sometimes do readings when you have the time. Yeah, yeah you have your podcast writing a book like how (laughs) did you sit and do that like head down work
1: Mm -hmm. so the publishers when my book got bought by a publisher in June they were like okay you have until December 5th to turn in the manuscript and I was like oh my god
0: take me back okay how did it get bought by a publisher like tell me so
1: in (laughs) spring of 2021 i had an agent a literary agent approach me and say like have you ever thought of writing a book i love how you communicate astrology on instagram i think you could like was it a follower she had followed me yeah but um yeah yeah that's like how a lot of connect like my boyfriend came from a follower um so it's interesting how that happens but she reached out she was like i would love to work on a proposal with you, because when you're writing nonfiction, you have to give publishers this big proposal. That's like a sales pitch. Like, why are you? Why is this book relevant in the market right now? Um, what would the outline of this book be? Where are the sample chapter? So we worked together, me and the agent, on that for a year, and then in May of 2022, we pitched that to various publishers. And then like five publishers were interested. I met with each of them. There was one that was it was very clear they were like a good fit and they knew what I wanted to do. And so I chose them. That was in June of 2022. So that was like, yeah, a month long process after like a year of crafting that proposal. Um, and then I had like less than six months to write the book and that. Um, Basically, I had to like halt. I work with a lot of brands usually, like writing astrology content, doing social media work that's astrology related for fashion and beauty brands. I had to halt all of that for like six months and just be like, no, I can't accept anything. And I would just wake up every day, write, like, I would try to write at least 500 words a day. I feel like when you have a more manageable, like, I'm not going to set out to write an entire chapter today, it's more like, I'm just going to write 500 words. It often, ends up turning into more. I love that. Yeah but that was like my life for five six months was just writing. What did
0: that day look like?
1: That was like wake up know that I had to write like for instance there's a section of the book that's all about like your Venus sign and what Venus signs mean. Yeah so Venus and Mars signs what those mean for all 12 signs so knowing that there's 12 I was like this is gonna take a while because there's about each of those signs I wrote like 750 to 1,000 words on. So every day it was like, I'm going to do Aries, Venus, and Mars today, like just that 750,000 words. So that took about like two weeks going through all 12. So it was doing like more bite-sized pieces and just giving myself the whole day to work on that.
0: Did you wake up? Did you meditate? I know sometimes you I do meditation. Kundalini
1: every morning, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say. I would say reading helped the most with writing. Like really? instead of I kind of quit watching TV this fall. I mean, now I'm back to it, but I wasn't watching as much like reality TV and more it was like I'm going to read this chapter of this book and then I get so motivated like they published a book, I'm going to go write my book right I now. I love that. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. What about scrolling and being on Instagram because you have an Instagram mm-hmm. presence, you share so much there. Yeah. Um how did you balance that and i'm sure boundaries had to be put in place
1: it was definitely hard i i was doing like at the start of the year more like stories and like q a and i just like i had to stop that because then you're always wanting to check your dms and see who's asked me a question who's replied and it was just decreasing that amount of content Mm -hmm. i was putting out like still doing grid posts but just not as much like stories where people could like automatically engage like that
0: Yeah, and you're very good at getting back to people and Mm -hmm. engaging and, like, answering very individualized questions. You're very good at it. I never take that for granted. (laughs) I will have a question. I'm like, Alice, this question is only for you. And you always have an answer and a response. So I always appreciate that so anything else from your book that you want to give a sneak preview to anything we can expect and get excited about
1: yeah so the main theme is relationship astrology but not like what sign is compatible with what sign it's more like understanding your dating and relationship patterns by looking at your birth chart so like what parts of your birth chart show you that um and also what do you like actually need out of a relationship instead of fixating on like, does someone like you? It's more like, do I even like them? Is this (laughs) even someone that I want to be with? Um, and then I get into like synastry, which is how to compare your chart to someone else's, um, which is a more kind of complex way of looking at compatibility and then learning prediction and seeing, um, kind of teaching yourself how to look at your chart and understand when it might be a great year to date or have a really significant relationship event happen versus when is it not my year to date or when will there be um, like relationship stress going on.
0: I think that is so important. And it's going to be a gift to so many people. Oh,
1: I hope,
0: especially in the times we're living in right now, of like yeah. that online meeting and dating and whatever, whatever we call it. But I have friends that are very conscious and aware, and they have made decisions like I am not dating right now because mm-hmm. they they're intuitive and they know that right now it's I not the time that. for them. Yeah. But there are so many people that can use this guidance that mm-hmm. aren't able to access that because yeah. fear sets in, the programming, the societal pressure sets yeah. in, and to have this tool to read and really yeah. understand where you are as an individual. yeah, And if this is written in the stars for you this year, or yeah. if it's a time to kind of just go within, oh my goodness, what a gift you're giving oh, to so many you. people.
1: Yeah, I hated that mentality of like, you always have to be on dating apps, like dating's a numbers game, like just keep at it. It's like, no, you don't need to always be doing that. and. I feel like knowing, like, not everyone trusts their intuition, maybe as much as your friends do. I yes. wish I could have done that. Yes. But it was helpful seeing with astrology, like, oh, 2021 was my year to date. Like, I got off dating apps, I focused on other stuff and, like, trusted that it would happen then.
0: And that alone, like, just for people to hear you say that and to know that there is, like, the science to support it, mm-hmm. it is going to be such a relief. Because mm-hmm. when, first of all, if you don't feel excited to go on a date, yeah it's probably not going to go that well. I know, yeah. And if you're just in a funk or in a mood and you don't want to put out that energy right now, like just to have that wisdom mm-hmm. to understand yourself on a deeper level. And it's yeah. really a practice to help you build your own intuition yeah, so that you yeah. are able to do that on your own. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm so excited for that yeah, for yeah. all the readers and for you becoming <laughs> a published you. author.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited.
0: It's so exciting. Yeah. Is there anything else that you feel you want to share?
1: Um, I don't think so. Like, I think we covered a lot a of lot. what I'm working on, what's going on in 2023.
0: Yeah, and just like 101, like, yeah. it, we broke down a lot. If someone has no idea about astrology mm-hmm. and they just want to start, get started, is there mm-hmm. something you would share with them?
1: Yeah, there's a few resources, like, um, so first, you can listen to my podcast, Astrology and You, especially like the earlier episodes, like you talked about making yes. notes in the houses episode, yes. really understanding that. That's a free resource. I also have courses if you want to like really understand your birth chart. Um, that that's on my website, AliceBellAstrology.com. Also on my website, I have like a whole book list of like what are the best books for astrology beginners. Um, You can find that there. And then there's apps that you can download on your phone, like the pattern. You can download that. It pulls up a whole chart, shows you what planets are in each sign. The same goes for the app Chani, which is by this astrologer Chani Nicholas. And she has a great app that is just like a free resource. Like here's my chart. This is where everything is
0: yeah I like using those because yeah. it's all right there for you you can yeah. read it and just understand yourself more and yeah, you're like no. oh my goodness this makes so much sense yeah yeah well thank you so much Aww, I'm so happy we finally me. got to be in person together I can't even believe that we weren't before this I know I feel so connected to you yeah
1: because we're both Leo rising yes <laughs> thank you so
0: much for being here and everyone can follow you on yes
1: um, at stock atlas
0: So definitely follow her. She shares so many amazing resources. Um, Anything that's coming up astrology wise, you're sharing. And I always save them to go back to them.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Weekly horoscopes for Vogue. And then I share all that other stuff on my Instagram.
0: It's amazing. Thank you so much for the work that you do and for being here and sharing it with us. Thank you
1: for having me. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Well, that was exactly how i described just very thorough a lot of detail alice is incredible and i feel so fortunate to know her and grateful to have her here on our podcast and in this community and after the show i actually was lucky enough to get a little reading from Alice. And she just shares some transits and planets that are going through the chart to help you understand what you can expect in your year, which was super exciting. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you want to learn more, please check Alice out and everything that she has to offer. Thank you for being here. May the long time sun shine upon you. Satnam.